0: Good evening, welcome to another edition of the Sideline Junkies. Tuesday DC Sports Rundown. I am your man, the midnight rider. To I guess my real left on my screen. I don't know. I think he's probably on your right, is the big guy KG. Um, to my left and right, or whatever it is, however it goes. Uh, it's my man Ross, also known as Thanos. If you don't, if you don't know where the Thanos comes from, check out his goatee, baby.
1: Looking like Looking like you about to snap the world, baby. What's going on, hey,
0: fellas? How's it going? Hey, we here, man. We in here. Uh, I, You'll hear periodically. I, I I got a house full, so.
1: It's all good, man. Hearing little kids, that's that's good.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't know where they come from. They just drop in from the ceiling. They just come by, hey, I've been wanting to see you. Yeah, you heard I was cooking. That's why you <laughs> came by. That's what that is. You heard that. Um, it's a compliment, man.
1: Yeah, Yeah. it
0: is. It is. Uh, fellas, DC Sports Rundown. Only reason why we need this because we had some questions about responsibilities. Uh, we also had Take Your Pants Off Monday yesterday. Uh, today is uh, How for How Tuesday. So uh, that needs to be addressed, but we need to get to this uh, week six recap in the NFL that we did our six, game, six games. Um, do you have the list, Midnight Rider? I knew that was coming. Uh, uh, you don't do it. I got some of it.
1: <laughs> All right, I got the
0: whole thing. Hold it's on. been battered and beaten, but I got a little bit of the, the list I had. So I think we had the Lions versus the Bucks. Yep. Um, of course, the Lions were that easy. 20 to 6. Um, I think everybody, I think the only person I didn't miss the um anything on this was um X took the under, everybody else took the over. Uh I don't remember point spread, so that's something thing I didn't keep track of. I didn't keep that either. Um, so I'm not even gonna worry about that. Game two. Any any thoughts on that game? Uh for me. The lines are for real. This is I said it in a pregame show. This is Wayne Fox era lines, but they're gonna be contenders all the time, and that's I, the, I, that's the only place that this is connected to Wayne Fox is because they'll be contenders the whole time. This is a whole different line experience. There's this is super amazing. Yep. they're super explosive. Um, the city believes in them, but the part that they have is you have Omron St. Brown, and you just got back Jamison Williams or Jameson Williams, however you want to say his name. He scored a touchdown early. You know, he probably had himself as any time touchdown score. Bad joke. I'm sorry. But, I mean, when you come off a suspension for six games, you know how it is. What you think about that game, Ross?
1: I was surprised that the Bucks didn't play better. Um, Detroit, they they got some beasts on, on defense also. Mm-hmm. Um the offense is, is going, and, and Goff proved that he can actually play quarterback because when he came to the Rams, everybody was just like, oh, Lord, why, why would you trade Stafford for, for golf?" Because golf at that point hadn't played that well. And he's come in, and he's established himself, and he's gotten better every year. And he's getting everybody involved, rookie tight end, his wide receivers, the backs. He, he's, he's playing really well.
0: This is why um, their offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, will be a head coaching candidate this all season. Yep. And he's probably, I know he's number one on my list, my yep. short list for coaches coming into DC. Uh, I think the next this wave of quarterback head coaches will be all offensive. I don't think we'll have a defensive coach. We can have that. Yeah, hey, that's that could be a discussion later.
1: Content. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Exactly. Because woo, woo, woo. <laughs> all right. Next up on the list, we had the Seahawks and the Bengals. Looks like everybody went with the, the Hawks. Um which was everybody missed on that. But we did all hit on the under. Um it was a 17-13 ball game. Two teams that I think I think people are surprised by how good the Bengals defense is. Um they're not flashy, they're just solid. It's like they're one of those defense that every man does his job, uh, and <laughs> only his job, pun intended. Um, so, and that's why they're successful. And I think they do enough exotic stuff to keep you confused. What about you guys? I can agree with that, I, but I, see, here's the problem: what makes the the Bengals good isn't their defense; it's their offense. Yeah, but the offense hasn't really been putting points up. Seventeen. Yeah. Yeah, the offense is sputtering like a, a a 1981 Chevrolet Chevette with a bad distributor cap. That's bad. I think I think the kid found that funny. <laughs> oh, she knows. Come at I me, Milo. I think she's overkilling it now. Grandpa's not that funny. How did you get my ball? All right, so the next game up. Say hi. Uh-oh. Hello. Hi. Come on, Mito. No? Okay. Maybe?
1: Okay.
0: All right. There we go. Grandpa taking out by the beads. Somebody's got to correct me on this score, because I know I don't have a score on the Cowboys and the Chargers. Ooh. Cowboys won. That I was think 2017. Um, you and I both had the Cowboys. Uh, it looked like BJ had the um, Chargers. I don't know who X had. I didn't see his pick on the that. Okay. Um, we all took the over. We weren't even close. The under hit. Um, I think last night was a display of two quarterbacks that have high expectations, but right now are executing at a very low level.
1: Yep.
0: And I think the other problem for the Chargers is if you can't run the ball or do anything with Eckler, I mean, they're messed up because they don't have the same passing game without – is is it Mike Williams, the big guy they drafted? So he's hurt for the season, and I think that's affecting their offense. And until they can get Quentin Johnson, the kid from TCU, up to speed, they're going to struggle.
1: They had a stat um, that that was the 13th time that Herbert's thrown an interception in the fourth quarter or something like that when his team was down or, or trying to come back. And Philip Rivers had the same same issue. Phillip Rivers could be all world, but he would throw that killing interception at the end of the game. I can't remember what it was, but it was 13 times that Herbert had thrown a pick at a certain point of time in the fourth quarter when the game was on the line in his that, career so far. That's the Ross. Rawest- Autograph Sports. <laughs> stat of the day.
0: Uh, I'm bittersweet about it because he threw that pick, and that pick pushed me over in uh in fantasy because I was playing the guy. He had <laughs> he had Justin Herbert as a starter. He was up by a point and a half, and I was like, if he throws a touchdown, I'm finished. He threw that pick, and it was game over. And I seen the score don't go down. I was like, thank you. I won by a point. I was like, "That's all I needed. That's all I needed." So, I'm, but with you compared him to Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers is a Hall of Fame quarterback, soon to be. You're right. Him, Ben, Eli, Hall of Fame quarterbacks. They all had their screw ups. They all had their hiccups, the yips in the fourth quarter. I don't think it's any different for Herbert. I think he gets more. Scrutiny because of how the Chargers lose games.
1: I yeah, think which is to- on their head coach. Their their, their head coach. He he's got to be gone if, if they don't make the playoffs. or they going early out? He's got to be out in San Diego. But who knows? All right,
0: number four, we have the Saints versus the Texans. Texans win that ball game, twenty to thirteen. Uh, the boss and myself were on the Texans. Like KG and the X were on the Saints. Um, let's see. Looks like we both took the under, and maybe you guys took the over or something like that. I think uh because exactly. I got two and zero for me and BJ, and you guys being one and one. So maybe yeah, you took sure. the, we all took the under, and that's why we all hit that. So, so yeah. So in this ball game, I've been preaching the whole time. I just think it's something about this team, CJ, CJ Stroud. It's offense, the way the defense plays. Um, I think they're going to feast enough on the bad teams they play that they'll be around for some kind of playoff consideration. They may get smoked in the playoffs, but I think for what they do and what they offer, they can win the the two games they get against, um, not the Jaguars, the Colts. The two they get um, against, who's the other team in that division? Not the Jags. um, oh, the Titans! Titans!
1: Yeah, they oh, can they definitely off. beat the Titans. Yeah. So, so that's
0: four wins right there. You add in a couple of these where they beat somebody. That's so they play the. Looks like they play the um, NFC South. So they can probably beat the Panthers. They can beat the Saints. They can beat the Bucks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now we we're at six wins almost. Yeah. So this team could accidentally fall into a playoff team. I wish I saw this potential in the preseason because I could have made me some money, but um, unfortunately, I didn't. Um. Anything else, Ross? I'm sorry.
1: No, you're good. Um, Strauss played way better than anybody thought he was going to. He's come in. um, He's been quiet. He's come out and put in work every week.
0: I'm so confused because Tepper is a Pittsburgh guy or was a Pittsburgh guy. He was there for the Big Ben thing. You couldn't have sold me that they were going to take Bryce Young with his physique and everything. I just felt like. From a type standpoint, and maybe because he wasn't the GM, so he let them kind of handle some of that, but I just thought from a type standpoint, CJ Stroud fit them way better than Bryce Young. Yeah. Um and Young's been, been hit or miss. He's had some good moments, but I don't know. I just definitely didn't see that being the quarterback that Carolina was going to take because right. of that Pittsburgh pass.
1: That's the same. Yeah, that the, I had I had the Texans winning. I think I said on I, I typed in the in the quotes that yeah, that they, that Texans were going to win. They they have a really good team. Um, they have a good a good foundation of a team. Um, and the guys like to coach. Um, they they they're well coached. Um, you don't see them out of position. Um, and Stroud is playing like he's he's a two or three year vet. I mean, you know, he he's he has played really really well. He's making good decisions. He threw his first pick this weekend, but everybody throws a pick, so. Which is how you recover.
0: KG. Yeah, I haven't been on the Stroud train, but I—it's I, not that I wanted to go against. But I'm like, okay, he playing the Saints. Alvin Kamara, Derek Carr. Okay, the Saints got this. And that exchange between Kamara and uh, and Winston on the on the sideline. It's like, okay, James, what are you going off about? And they say he was going off about a pick. Like <laughs> They say, oh, it's it, when I throw a pick, I get pulled out of the game. But he threw a pick. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, obviously Alvin ain't, ain't there for your BS, man. Let, let it go. I, I, and I think James is a talented quarterback, and I think you will see him before the end of the season. But this Saints team is a talented team. They got to win ball games like this they have to win ball games like this. You know, the Saints are skilled enough to pull out those close wins, but the Texans are skilled enough to pull out close wins. Look what they did in Atlanta last week. They pulled out a close one. I didn't think they were going to win. Who knew? No, They lost to the Texans um, the Falcons last week. I thought they beat the Falcons. No, nah, they, they lost 21-19. Like,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: They, did. they, they out, they're, they're
1: out. working teams. They're 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 out working. They're 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 hustling all the time. They they're, they're like they're playing like their coach played.
0: Can you imagine that team in three years? Yeah. I just say next year. You I say year. because you know you got to get. It takes a coach three years to get his guys in there. No, it doesn't. Stop your Ron Rivera love <laughs> thing. Oh, it's okay. I years. it's three wrong. years. We got to build it. We got to lost a few. Five years. Five we got to deal with what's important, not what's interesting. Guys, 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 do your uh, job.
1: I want to know why Singletary's getting so many carries. Because uh Pierce is a beast. He needs to be fed the ball. And I can see maybe Singletary getting a few on third down or spelling – Pierce, but Pierce needs the ball. They they need to to, cause it. I think he's getting too many carries. I might be wrong. I haven't like watched the all twenty two on any of the games or anything. But I, I just looking at the stats real quick. I just think that's too many carries for him.
0: That's something we go have to check into. Cause I'm, I'm I'm curious about that now. Cause Pierce hasn't had the same season he's had in the past for wow. sure. Um, next game. I guess this would be three, four, number five. Um, The Indianapolis Colts versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Colts 20, Jags 37. Looks like KG and BJ went with the Colts. Yours truly went with the Jags. I don't see a marking here for X. So if you got what X did, Uh, he had the Jags 24 21. All right. I hit the over. 24, so 24-21, the, uh, there'll be no math involved. So he hit the over as well because the over was 43 and a half. Um, you guys both missed that because y'all took the under. Um, That's really the recap on that. Jags, Colts, I just think you just made too many mistakes. Um, Hold on, before you go on, BJ just asked a brilliant question. He Go said like the head coach in Houston, D'Amico Ryans, get pushed out for a bigger name. This ain't 1985, brother. No,
1: I don't think so. This is his team.
0: And the Texans aren't smart enough to try to do something like that. The Texans, they got him on the hook for five years for whatever. Go ahead. So. The Texans had – what was the coach before uh, Lovey? Bill O'Brien. Was it Bill O'Brien? No, no, it was after Bill O'Brien. They they got had a guy come in for one year, they fired him. They had Lovey come in for one year, fired him. Oh, you talking about uh, um dang it's B Mitch old coach from Louisiana. Um he coached at um the Ravens for all the years. Um God, what is his name? Curly Kearney Cully, David Cully. Yes, David Texas Cully,
1: yeah.
0: And That's, the Texans aren't smart enough
1: under because, uh,
0: so so let's let me let's break this down. First, they were dumb enough to get into the position where they let Bill O'Brien be the GM. Bill O'Brien is yeah. of all your considerably talented parts and he got nothing for it. Then you go into this David Cully thing where we know you're tanking. Um, it's obvious you're tanking. You're not giving the any talent uh, and you fire him after one year because he didn't get results. But how are you getting results if you ain't giving him nothing to work with? Then you turn to Lovey, did the same thing. Right so Now yeah, you're paying yeah. whatever Cully's deal is, you're paying four years of Cully. We're now on three years of Cully Luff. If you if you're still paying Lovey, because if you gave Lovey a five year deal, you're paying four years of Lovey going forward. So you can't just from a logistic standpoint. If you're firing Ryan's, then you're going four more years of that. But you actually got the star of this coaching class. Yeah. Why would you move on from that? You know what? They'll move on from that because you know it's Houston. They'll bring Jerry Glanville back. Mm-hmm. Oh lord. Jesus and they'll start Christ. wearing black jerseys, and it, it'll be a resurgence. Um, who's the owner down there? Uh McNair. It's, right. it's the, 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 the 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 uh the older McNair, he passed away. But it's I guess that's his daughter wife. I don't really care for the general manager down in Houston, and that's why I think a lot of the the, 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 the stuff starts. is him. What's his name? Uh uh C- Casario. Right. I don't really care for him the way. He, the way he handled the whole Deshaun Watson thing, because Deshaun Watson wanted it out, I feel like he had a lot of hand in that. I feel like the McNairs had a lot of hand in that, a lot of that stuff coming out.
1: That's why I didn't believe a lot of it, because it was ill-timed. Right. Same with the D-Hop, with, with, with D-Hop and, and J.J. Watt leaving Houston. Yep. I mean, yeah. anybody that's been a name is out in, in Houston. So, but I think D'Amico Ryan's is going to be there for a while, man. I think I think he's going to be there for a while. He he's shown to be a good coach, a good in-game coach. Making he's a changes. star. Yeah,
0: he's a yeah. star. You don't get rid of stars. You don't get rid of stars. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm gonna leave it at that.
1: Right. And here's
0: the thing, D'Amico Ryan's ain't even forty yet. Nope. Jeez, I, I wow, this cat's younger than. I mean, he's of course he's younger than the Midnight Ride. He's older than me, but geez. Hey he man. me. I'm just gonna let you know when Moses part to sea. I had those little cones and I was doing like this, guiding everybody through. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, uh, we want Jags Colts. Uh, Real simple, Manchu, um just struggled all day. I think he threw three interceptions. Um, I still understand why they're not giving. Jonathan Taylor a little bit more curious. I know Moss has been hot, but I mean, you can't, you can't roll with the Honda Civic when you got the BMW in the driveway. Like let's not do that. doesn't make sense to me, but. Signed him to
1: a one-year contract, right?
0: Yeah. So he got a, basically he, they just reworked his deal. He got more guaranteed money. So it turned into 13 instead of which one call it. Um, And just FYI. The fills and the um, Diamondbacks just started up. Yep,
1: okay, I'm watching that. Yep, I, I watched uh,
0: Houston, Texas the other. What was that Sunday night? And I was I watched that with the wife, and she was sitting there, and she sat down. She just got stuck, <laughs> and I was like, "What are you looking at?" She's nothing. Just watching the rotation. Now he not he go, he can really strike him out. I mean, damn. Next pitch, he didn't strike him out. She said mm-hmm, he's swinging at everything. Can't swinging that. You got to let it lay off. But then she'll say, "Oh, I ain't never played ball before."
1: She That's knows
0: entirely right. too much.
1: That's good. That's
0: good. <laughs> I love it. That's good. Um, Paul Paul chimed in. He says, uh, "Getting out of the Deshaun situation was like trying to pick up a turd by cleaning by the cleaning." Casario <laughs> got the better end of the treat. Uh, he also says, um, "If D'Amico isn't a fixture in Houston like Tomlin." In Pittsburgh, they blew it. Yeah, I agree with that. Yep. But now here's my thing: the Deshaun thing. It's always. I mean, we talked about it. We always said allegedly, uh, because it just seemed ill timed. And then the, the 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 dude that was the prosecutor that was doing it is a neighbor of the McNeys. Like it's just too many hands in the pot, too much, too many yep. moving parts. Agree. Yeah, I but, agree with that. I got a problem with Deshaun Watson on a different level. Okay. He was out last week again, but now he was cleared to play. I'm not sure what he's dealing with. So but, let me help oh, you out in this, brother. So this is an AC joint sprain. Um, the problem he's having is getting strength in the shoulder to make the throws. And the the bad thing about when you got something with your AC joint, um is you can have strength going in certain directions, but you may not have the same strength when you're doing other motions. So you have like, when I had something similar, I could push off so I could bench with no problem. But if you asked me to take something and lift it to my side, it was a struggle because you're working different parts of your muscle. So with him, with the throwing piece, I know he said, because I listened to the Ken Carmen show in the mornings in Cleveland, because I like watch listening to people, um, in similar situations to the, the commanders, I like to hear long suffering fans um, cry on Mondays or exult on Mondays, and um, they were talking about it. So this is week two of it, and I think they got to let him rest as long as he can. Um, you can st- with that defense playing the way they're playing. I think through five games they're averaging like 200 yards per game that they're given up, so they can keep you around in ball games. You don't have to force this issue right away. Now, here's my thing. I'm not upset that he's resting. I'm upset that every week he's trying to go and he can't go. Like, bro, I'm pissed off because you know you can't go, but you you trying to put the... the and it seemed like Stefanski was kind of sort of forcing him for a little bit. But hmm. I'm pissed off that he keeps trying to go. Don't try to go. Take... I mean... You're a quarterback you need your um you need your shoulder strength you need all of that take the time away to rest relax hit the the, the the ice tub whatever you need to do hopefully it doesn't require surgery sometimes rest is all you need you need a good you need a good cortisone or two that'll, that'll do it for you you get that cortisone and let that shoot through there oh baby but see cortisone cortisone over time it weakens your immune system and it breaks you down he can just take a toradol shot before the game. I mean, all right, we're in the right same neighborhood. Turtle, he gonna look like he was at Clemson again. Now he we're might have to take at halftime. We're in the same thing. But calm calm down. I know you the, the 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 show's physician. You know, I know you're the show's physician. Calm down <laughs> on that Um, let's see, last game I had um on the schedule, Commanders, was, right huh? It rolls right in. Commanders versus the Falcons. Um, Commanders 24, Falcons 16. Um, I was wrong because I took the Falcons. BJ had the Falcons. You and the kid had um, the Commanders. Mm -hmm. Everybody took the under. The under was 42 and a half, so the the under got hammered. And short results, so let's talk about this. But let's do this one differently. Let's get it since we're kind of all invested in this. Um, if you don't mind starting, Ross, let's kind of just get recap your thoughts, and then we'll go to KG, and then I'll finish it out.
1: I was glad to see him win, of course. Glad to see him win, but my thought is, if they were actually playing a quarterback, what what would have happened? Um, I've watched some of the film. He had guys open, but he just he threw the wrong guys. Um, I, I like the different little twists that they had with the the extra pressure. Uh, we hadn't seen that earlier in the year. They weren't. They weren't blitzing or anything along those lines. Um, I thought the linebackers played well. Jamin Davis has actually developed into a decent linebacker. Um, I think for all, all the abuse that he got the first year, um, he's done really well in pass coverage this year. Um, they've asked him because he was actually split out wide on Dijon on that play. And how do how do you have a guy win that if he'd have got past him? But they ran the play. And he got that little left arm around there, kind of slowed him down a little bit, jumped in front of him, and, and, and made the play. He he made the play. So he's developing um, maybe a good pick. Still, he wasn't a first-round guy, but he he's playing well. I thought the secondary was okay. Um, could have been better. They gave up a lot to Drake London because Drake London just no-shows. Kyle Pitt scored a touchdown. I mean, that's almost like a unicorn. That dude has, has got all the hype and then hasn't hasn't really done anything. So... You know, I'm glad they won, but I'm wondering what would have happened if, if they actually had a, a a quarterback if they were playing against who even Danny Dimes in in the Giants, who who we make look like a Hall of Famer every year, um, or against Dak Prescott, um, it may have been a different outcome.
0: ahead, right, KG, Hi. I can honestly, unequivocally say this: <laughs> Sam Howe is the best quarterback in the NFC East. And I say that, or people are like, what, 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 what? Yeah, 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 I understand. Statistically, he is the best in the NFC East. He's top five in the NFC. I, everybody's been saying it all over Twitter uh, since Sunday. Washington got themselves a baller. Uh, looking at this game, only thing that really, really pissed me off when I said this I said, we got to run the uh, – Brian Robinson has to touch the ball at least 10 – I'm sorry, 20 times. He had 10 carries for 31 yards and two catches for 25. He's not touching the ball enough. Our, our run game is non-existent. Every team has a trait that all through history, every, every coach, every scenario, it's all been based on something. San Francisco has always been about the run game – I'm sorry, it's been about a passing game, a short passing game. Uh, New England has been about passing. Uh, and Minnesota has been about running with a mixer pass. Here in D.C., it's always been about power running. We did it with Clinton Porters, even though he wasn't cut out for. We did it with Stephen Davis. Of course, you did it with Ernest Byner and, and John Riggins and everybody, Larry Brown. I can go on and on and on and on. We always have that one guy that can just grind out a game sometimes. Brian Robinson is that guy, but he has to touch the ball. He is our it guy. In the run game, he has to touch the ball more than anybody else all the time, but he has to be at the 15 or 20 carry mark. In the passing game, Scary Terry has to be targeted at least 10 times, at the least 10 times. He had a level. Here's the problem. Jahan Dotson is supposed to be the complement. He dropped a wide open. He would have walked into the end zone. And I was like, ah, oh, he got it. He dropped it. And it's it's like sophomore Jinx. Does he have a case of the yips? <laughs> because my man has dropped a lot of passes this season.
1: He's not involved as much in the offense as he was last year. It's like a running back. You need you need to get the ball. And I know it's a poor excuse, but maybe he's he's just not he's focused. He's not the ball's not coming to him as much. I don't know. I mean, it's, it, it, I don't know. It, it sounds like an excuse, but that's the only thing I can think of because he, he, he's a hell of a player and I don't think it's a sophomore jinx because he's still getting open, but he wasn't being seen. Like if, if you watch some of the earlier tape, he, he was getting open, but he wasn't getting the ball. So I, I don't, I don't think maybe mentally he's as, as involved in the game. And that's something you got to learn as, as a young kid or a young player that you're not, you know, you're not going to get the ball as you know in the pros
0: i i just hope he doesn't now randy moss all world talent like all universe talent forget all world all universe talent but randy's take off a couple of plays if it was run plays he wouldn't kind of come off the line you could tell by whatever randy did you could tell what it was going to be i don't mm-hmm. want Han to do that because later in randy's career he stopped doing that and you didn't know what was going on so right. he had a resurgence I don't want Jahan to do that if he knows I'm not getting the ball, you know,
1: right.
0: so he doesn't put out. Well, if that's, um, the, if that's the case, then he's hurting the offense. Yeah. Yes. Because this offense is predicated yeah. on certain routes clearing out space. And um, if you listen to Jay Gruden on Mondays, he's talked about the lack of space or the lack of uh, separation that's being created by some of these guys. So that's
1: also an issue. That's Trey gone. Turner, just that's gone. Yeah, Trey Turner hmm. just homered. Some oh, <laughs> hey, oh.
0: okay, come on, come on. I gotta stay focused. Uh defensively, not to see uh Forbes was disappointing.
1: Yeah,
0: because I think he should have he should have played a, at least a couple of snaps to get his feet wet. He can't learn on the sidelines, he has to face Live action, live bullets. He's never going to learn on the sidelines. If you simulate everything, he's never going to get over the hump. Uh, number two defensively, Chase Young still leads the league in quarterback pressure. Well, he's uh, top five in quarterback pressure, not leading the league. I'm sorry. And he missed the first week. Here's the problem. He's getting a Ryan Kerrigan treatment. He's coming off the edge quick. He's right there, and all of a sudden, you see this right here. His head goes straight back. Yeah. No holding calls. And I'm not going to sit here and bitch and complain about it because I'm used to it now. They did it with a rack They did it with Kerrigan. Trent Murphy got it sometimes. We always get it. It's holding on every play. It just depends on what the referee calls it or not. But when he jumps on guys like that and he gets around that corner, that's an obvious hold. He is faster than Kerrigan, faster than Murphy, faster than a rack you got to call that. Yeah, he was very disruptive to say he only had what one tackle? He had an assist. He didn't even have a full tackle, he had an assist, and he was disruptive Sunday. Yep. I think the only disappointment I had with him on Sunday was there were two rushes. One B John was able to get up under him. Um like he beat his man, but like he was right there where Robinson was, and they kind of stood him up, and then another player tight end kind of stood him up. And for me, for him to be elite, those are the plays that you got to just disengage with those guys and get that quarterback. Like there's – he's that one step. And if you guys have all 22, um, you'll see it a couple times in the game because I try to watch him a lot, but I don't say a lot because I don't have all 22. I don't know what the situation is, um, if he's the guy that's contained or whatever. But I see him sometimes, especially when there's a tight end on his side, He'll stand up and then he kind of is a hesitant because he I don't know if he's like watching out for that ear hole shot or not. Yeah. Um and then he goes. So I think that's what's hurting him from, to my, from my perspective is he's not getting that first step to go. He's not exploding at the quarterback. He's he's got a thought in that process. And I think right. that's what's was keeping him that that one second away that he's waiting on that is the one second that's costing him, or that half a second that's costing him at the quarterback.
1: That's agreed. Yep.
0: Yeah. I, I see that. He has to take the Fred Dean approach. Uh, Randy Cross said it best. Fred Dean got traded to the San Francisco 49ers in the middle of the week. And he started against the Cowboys the following Sunday. And he was like, he didn't know none of our plays, but he didn't need to. It was Fred. There's a quarterback. Sick him. That was right. it. Yep. And first game, I think he had like four, three or four sacks. First game, didn't know none of the plays, none of the schemes, none of that. He came in in the middle of the week and just went after the quarterback. If they turn Chase loose like that on certain downs, on certain times in the game, just, hey, this play, just go after the quarterback. We know they got to pass. Pin your ears back, go get him. That's that's what we're doing. I think he'll be a little bit more successful because he doesn't have to think. But, I think. I think he likes that that little, that one move, and I'm not sure the technical name, but it looks like the DNs, they slap the hands down, and then they try to run the circle or run the um, around mm-hmm. the, whatever it's called. I forgot what it's called, um, but it's more so where you drop the shoulder. Some people call it a ghost, um, mm-hmm. but he goes around the edge, and that's when he starts getting pushed out of the way. Because once you run that edge, if, if you ain't there, and, and that quarterback steps
1: up, you in no man's land.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah.
1: Dwight Freeney used to do a move like that. Dwight Freeney would, would, would do a move like that. But Chase, Howard. for as hard as I was on Chase, you can see Chase coming back. You can see some of the speed coming back. I saw it two or three times on Sunday him take the tackle and push him into the backfield, just just bull rush. Now, we want to have him have more moves, but you 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 can see a little bit of what it was in his rookie year. Kind of kind of coming back, so I, I hope he gets all the way back and, and starts adding more to his repertoire of, of, of sack moves, of, of rush moves.
0: Speaking of which, how well, anybody heard anything on Monte's sweat? I know he they said he went down, I think it was a thumb, right? Yeah, so tomorrow, uh, I haven't got anything to tomorrow because tomorrow is a medical day, okay? So tomorrow is the first day to get back in, I was waiting. you got to remember if Ron talks tomorrow he's going to talk before we get the medical. So we'll get the medical afterwards. So probably like around 3, 4 o'clock tomorrow, we'll probably have a better understanding of where Montez is. Because I think it's going, to be, it's going to say something if he does not play because he is a major co- – we can talk about John Allen, Deron Payne, Chase Young. Montez Sweat is the dog on that defense.
1: Yeah.
0: He is consistent and he gets after it. But I think you don't – I think you lose something athletically but i think you lose something athletically but i think when you bring in casey twohill um especially um twohill always shows he always flashes and it's always because he's assignment right he's not he's not more skilled than anybody on the team but he always plays to the detail of his assignment he and if does he does his job he does his job yes <laughs> um but the key key is if you notice it when he's on the field or what they did Sunday was they didn't care about the boot. So if the quarterback was booting, they were meeting him at a certain point. And I saw that a couple of times with Chase and I saw that with Twohill, And they just ended up being there for the sack. Because when the quarterback came out the, on to boot out, he ran right into the edge guy. And that's how we get got those pressures. And that's, how, I mean, Casey Twohill had, literally they ran into him for two sacks or three sacks. But he's always assignment right. And, and that's the part I like about him. So I, there'd be a drop off talent wise, but I think because of his his sound nature, because I think he has three sacks on the season, so he's like top second. Yeah. So his sound nature of his work makes him more, a very valuable cog. And we got a uh, speaking of a uh, valuable cog, Kalik Hudson got some 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 playing time. We yeah, finally yeah. Seen him, and he showed up and showed out. I was glad to see that cat. Yep. Oh, he uh, had he had a couple situations where he made some great plays. Um, I mean, especially that goal line situation. And if you haven't seen it, I'll try to post it. But Brian Baldinger, um actually calls him, um, gives him some praise in one of his breakdowns. I can't remember if it's in the one that I posted earlier today. Yeah. But if it's not in that, there's another one. Um, just let me know, and I'll post, post a second video. Uh Paul says, but when Freeney knew he was beat on the edge, he would spin back and catch the QB stepping up in the pocket. Yep. that like Freeney spin move. Yeah. And I little off subject. <laughs> who had the better spin move? Was it Freeney or was it Bruce Smith? Uh for me it's Freeney. Yeah. I've always it's- been on the so I don't have it. <laughs> so I think I think close, Bruce yeah. had a good one, but Bruce had a lot of um other stuff too, but like it was kind of like that was Freeney's go-to, and but he still had enough other stuff that he would set you up, and you knew it was gonna happen, you just didn't know when it was gonna happen. And Paul said Freeney, I've always been on the fence because I'm a big Bruce Smith guy, so I've always been on the fence, and I remember uh hearing Jeff Hossettler talk about uh Bruce Smith in Super Bowl 25, and he stumbled over Otis Anderson. And he said, as soon as I caught my balance, this big old mitt just grabbed my arm, and was like, come here. <laughs> and it was Bruce Smith. He said, but he was so quick off the edge. I thought he was blocked, but he spun back to the inside and grabbed and got the, got the safety. I just I can't, you can't go wrong. It's no wrong answer. So let's just put it that way. No. And I'll leave it there. Uh
1: Jack Del Rio gets a little bit of credit, not a fan of his, but they put in the five-man line. And they, they did stuff to stop Atlanta's running game. They 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 focused on that, and they were making Ritter stop him. Yeah. I mean, and he couldn't he couldn't do it, and and they knew that. So that's that's one thing he's done this year. So we'll we'll give him that and and pat him on the back for that. Also, wanted to ask you guys about the the offense, like the last three series that they had the ball when it was a turnover. And he came right they, they came out and they threw the ball instead of running it with Brian Robinson. Um, and it was incomplete. Stop the clock. I didn't I didn't like the last two series before the final interception. It, it, they gave Atlanta a chance to go down and tie. I d I didn't like the play calling on that. I wanted to get your guys and see what you thought about that.
0: So I don't I remember the last sequence. Um the second drive, there was a third and nine. Two thirteen left, and I felt like that second and nine. I mean, that third and nine with two thirteen left was no man's land. Um, if you run it, I mean, you're only running off thirteen seconds.
1: Right.
0: Um, if they don't take the timeout, if they do take the timeout, then you're running off five seconds. So I don't know if the risk reward was was worth it in that scenario. Um, I was actually hoping that they would try to hit a slant or something and maybe get some run at the catch. In That scenario. Um, uh, we gotta remember that second half. I think the most they had the ball, they had maybe a six-play drive for about 30 or 40 yards, and that was it. They didn't get much production. And okay. and when when um KG was talking about Dotson, um, I think we had 19 completions, so you lose some of that in in the in the midst of um what's going on, you don't have those opportunities for those guys because you're not converting. You didn't convert a third down. I think they were two for 10 on third downs. Yeah. And then if we think about yard standpoint, you had a drive where you started at the 20, which was the Kendall Fuller um, interception return. You had a drive where you started inside the 15 off the crowd of kickovers, I mean, punt return. So you didn't really have an opportunity to drive the ball. So you didn't have the situation where you had these long drives which is why Sam only ended up with 155 yards. You didn't have these long drives that were coming down the field because you were put in good position by your defense. And I think the other time they scored was off a missed field goal. So your longest drive offensively for scoring was probably the the 55 or 60-yard drive that you got off the missed field goal. Everything else was boom, boom. So, or I mean not the missed field goal, but the missed fourth and one. So,
1: yeah. But I – I'd have to go back and look. They, they started a series, um, it was like the third series before the end of the game, before Jamin Davis's interception. Um, but he started off with a long pass down the sideline. I would have done something to keep the clock running because they would have had to burn their timeouts at, at that point. It, it. I'd have to see, It, it was. it wasn't yes. the final series, but it, it just seems like you should have run the ball, at least started off with a run or a screen pass or something along those lines as opposed to throwing it long down the sideline. And I understand you're trying to catch them, makes the game over. But
0: No, no, no. So I think you're talking about the drive before the final drive because the final drive started with the screen that went nowhere, the run play that went nowhere, and then the third nine. That's um, that I'd, I'd have it. to go back and look. I, I think it's the one, right? Yeah,
1: it, it it may be, but it just it started with a a a long pass down the left sideline. I'm like, why wouldn't you just run the ball? And I I agree with KG. You gotta you gotta run the ball a little bit more. Brian Robinson needs to get his hand. even if it's a screen pass or a shovel pass. We haven't seen any of the shovel passes or anything like that at all. So I think eventually you will see it later in the season because each week they keep adding a few little twists here and there. Um, just like when um Antonio Gibson scored on that little little play action pass down by the goal line, that was something new. So each week I think you'll see as the offense progresses, you'll see more stuff. But I'll have to look at that. You may be right, Ben. Absolutely. But let's,
0: let's not forget the last part of this is we're we're talking about a new offense and you're not running. I mean, no matter what you did in the preseason prep wise. You're not running the whole spectrum of the offense right now. No, no, no. Times what well, we're forgetting with Sam, and why Sam ends up in some predicaments where you know he's holding the ball a little too long. I think he's thinking through the offensive um, progressions, yeah. and I, I might be presumptuous in that, but that's how I feel. When I look at, I think at
1: you're it, on. I think you're right on with that.
0: I see a guy that's trying to see what he like. Like he sees the play on the on the card, but he's not seeing it. Visually, or it's not opening up visually like it's supposed to, and that's where we get into the part where lack of separation. You know, a couple of times I looked at Logan, and it like Logan was dragging that leg a couple of times um, in, in in Sunday's game. So areas for concern, and I think as we get more and more comfortable, like this offense posts, I say week ten or eleven, we will we'll actually get us a, a better picture of what this offense really is. I think right now we're still in with this offense right now.
1: Right, it's still growing. The, the offense is still growing. Um it it and the the quarterback has outplayed what we thought he was going to do. So, it, it it's a work in progress.
0: I I I I agree with you when you say that, Ross, because even though it doesn't look pretty on the stat line to some people, but 14 of 23, 151 and 3 touchdowns. You can't ask for a better day than that. He no. he pretty much helped account for all of the scoring except for three points. Yep. And uh something that Midnight Rider said: moving the, the, the ball, and you don't have really, really long drives. I don't think it should have been one drive where we didn't come up with points. I think my the takeaway that I had from this game, we should have scored more than 24. We should have scored Definitely. at least 37, 38 points here. And I'm I'm being greedy. But even though we did score after the crowd, uh the crowd of pump return, yeah, yes, yeah, sir. Well, no, no, I'm, I'm waiting for you to finish the point, but okay. I just want I want you to come back to me after you do that. Okay, even though even though we did score after the crowd of pump return, uh I feel that it was just it was still some miscues where we should at second half all the way. I just I was like, what are we doing offensively in the second half? What yeah. happened to the stuff we were running in the first half? Like I'm, 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 I'm lost. It, and it just seemed like the the offense is just like okay, just go out there do a three and out, burn some clock, and then come on back. It was no purpose with it, if that makes sense.
1: It wasn't anything setting up anything. It, it wasn't you weren't setting up to go downfield. You you weren't running. To, I mean, yeah, I see that. It, it just seemed like it was a bunch of plays thrown together on, on most of the series.
0: But that's that's kind of what happens. Remember, we're having a conversation about a quarterback that got sacked five times on Sunday. Um, I think two in the first half and three were in the second half. I might have that mixed up. But when you're dealing from behind the sticks, or if it, if you gain four in second and then you lose six – or I mean, I'm sorry, you gain four in first, lose six in second, you're behind the sticks in these long situations. And I think this team found themselves in some third and longs in that second half that they just aren't ready to, to get. And you, if you're in third and long – I mean, that's a low percentage situation anyway. So we got to be mindful of that. Also, it's, I think some of it was offensive coordinator, but I think some of it was execution. And I think because we didn't execute in certain situations, the the ramifications from that was just us being in poor positions when it came to third down and being able to convert in these situations.
1: Agreed.
0: Something Ross said, and then, then, you know, we can go back. I ride it, but um, oh no, we'll have to now because oh, I you got it? stuff, yeah. I, 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 okay. I've, I've parsed my pieces in. <laughs> uh, Ross is talking about that play on the goal line to Gibson, and what's crazy, I've ran that same play on Madden for years, and you it's like you, you, you fake it and then you just drop it to the fullback or the running back out the backfield, and they walk right in most of the time. I've to see that. On Sunday, I was like, they swarmed down. They bit on the run and it just forgot that he leaped right out. And it was just beautiful. The execution, the protection, the call, every layer of that play was just absolutely beautiful. And I think if you had to take a snapshot, that's probably one of the plays that you put on the board and say, this is how this offense can be. This is how successful they can be. I loved it. I loved the way it worked.
1: Ah. Yeah. it. One thing I've noticed from week one in the preseason, House play fakes have gotten better as you go. If they ran the ball a little bit more, I think you'd see them taking shots more downfield. His play his play fakes hiding the ball in the way he, his mannerisms when he's trying to, to do a play fake have improved from, from week one.
0: I think the, I totally just agree with everything you guys are saying. The only part I have issue, I I, I like the the fact that they need to run the ball. I think they need to run it. But I've seen some issues where, especially when you try to run some inside stuff, maybe it's called duo, maybe it's iso or whatever. um, We're not getting any push. We're not getting any movement. It literally looks like Robinson's running into the back of five white jerseys, and then he has to bounce it out to get around the corner. So I don't know if they need to do something different from a spacing standpoint. If it's a lack of assignment thing for the um, line where we're not being able to push up onto the second level to create those creases and cracks, uh, that's probably an EB thing, something that in the next couple of weeks, if you can't fix it, something you do self-scouting when you get after Thanksgiving or when you get to buy. But that's the part that I struggle watching them, and I still don't understand why we haven't Brought in Alex Amra and let, let us have a fullback and lead some yep. of this stuff because maybe that's the piece that's missing. And with the fullback, you can always go into some kind of a max protect, um, when you're trying to take those shots. So that's all I, I, I see. Uh, Paul says, Uh, contain Bijan and let Ritter make the mistake, and that, that, that's basically what the, what the defense did. Uh, the boss BJ says. Best spin move, Freeney. Freene.
1: Right,
0: he goes with Freeney. So, uh, we started this topic, I believe, Thursday night, and we were talking about responsibilities and commanders' responsibilities, uh, and we were talking um, game day prep and pre gaming and all of that, and whose responsibility it was. I forgot uh, about. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we, we said we wanted to put a pin in it. We are going to talk about it on Tuesday. It's Tuesday. The pin's out. Let's talk about it because I'm on one side. I think the Midnight Ride is in the middle, and I think Ross is on the other side <laughs> because <laughs> we talk about preparation, and the boss, BJ, always says that the commanders are a ill-prepared team to start games sometimes, but they've gotten better. They've gotten better. This season we've jumped out the leads early, but whose responsibility is it to get you ready on game day?
1: Wait, Ross. The, the, I, saw the, you, I saw you. I saw, I saw you starting the thought. Go ahead. Yep. The, the last four years, it's, it's been the same thing. We've we've played down to our competition teams that we're supposed to beat. We don't. Um. It. Basically, the coaches, the players, these, these guys are, are, are professionals. They, they, they shouldn't have to have somebody get them ready. But the coaching staff as a whole needs to get their individual groups ready. But the, the, the head coach need, need, needs to, you know, if you come out, there's no way you should come out and play the way you did against Chicago. There's no, you, how can you not be prepared for a team that won in over a year? Um, the players ultimately are responsible for their own actions. They, they have to get themselves ready. But you also have to be put in the right positions to, to do that. And Ron wears many hats. He's worried about this and that and, you know, what we're serving at the snack bar. And, and he's, 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 he's taking care of everything, but it's still his, his job to, to get his team ready to play because ultimately it's his ass on the line. If they don't perform, it, it comes back on him, whether it's Del Rio or Eric or any of them not doing their job. He's got to hold them accountable because it shows on him. And just like I made the comment on, on the post where he was clapping and, and doing all this this week, we hadn't seen any of that the first five weeks. Now, maybe the camera didn't catch it, but we didn't really see any of that. So I'm wondering if somebody said something to him or he heard he heard somebody say, well, he's just standing there on the sidelines like he's giving up. You know, I wonder if he heard the Pat McAfee show, where where they said it looks like Ron had just given up. But I think the players and the coaches are both are both accountable for for getting ready for a game. I I I I I think the
0: I'm I, I'm old school. I think the coaches get you prepared during the week, but on game day, it's all about the players. Yep. If players, if you if you have to be <laughs> Oh, man. I don't know why, but I I, I, I hear Chuck Noll speaking to me right now. And if I have to motivate you on game day, I don't need right. you. Right. And that's something that Chuck Noll said. And I always tell people, I say, you know, I grew up listening to the greats and just sitting there listening to great coaches talk. You know, I've listened to the Bill Walsh's. I've listened to the Parcells. Yes, sir. See, now, now you're going to appreciate this one because there's a wise man that once said, I'd rather calm down a fool than wake up a corpse. You know I know that one. I know you know you know that one. You know I know that one. Exactly. That's a great John Thompson. That's the only reason I interrupted you is because I had to get that one because that's the one I get right. I always give him credit for that one. Yeah. There's some of his other ones that I get credit to other people, but I know that's a John Thompson. Oh, yeah. Carry you on. I'm sorry. That's another coach that I've sat down. I listened to him for what, 10 years? I listened to his show for 10 years? Yeah. I think it was it 10 years. I think I, he went on. Yeah. When he went on, 2013? Wasn't no, that? I, quite 10 years. I, started, I started listening to him about 05. Driving my mom to work and picking my mom up because he came on at 4 o'clock. At that t- no he came on a three at that time so and that was when b Mitch got into it with uh Clinton Portis around that time and then B Mitch wound up getting released for a little while but I've listened to these great coaches and they always you know I listen to great players they've always said give us the game plan but on Sunday stay home and I I, I don't when it comes to Ron I think Ron's a great motivator I don't think he's a teacher. I think he's a motivator and i heard uh dwight white say that about chuck no he said chuck no wasn't a teacher he was a motivator he knew how to get the best out of you but he didn't teach you he just knew how to get what you what you already had and i think that's ron i think ron's in that vein not quite as great as no of course because Noel won four super bowls in the 70s and he was still in the hunt up until he left in 92 but Ron is a great motivator. And all you got to do is just listen. I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm different. Because when I hear Ron's speech, I'm already getting the ankles tape, mouthpiece already ready. I just, I can't find my helmet because I didn't have so many concussions. But <laughs> get my helmet and I'm ready to roll. Like, I'll run through a brick wall for Ron. That video of uh, never, uh running never, through the door. Never, never. In your best interest, I'm going to tell you right now. If you, if you ever come across, I think it's the 2018 Carolina Panthers in-season video with Amazon, don't watch that. Because I don't want you outside pulling a hamstring, um, trying to run and do, do wind sprints to get in shape, ready for Ron. Tw- that 2018, I watched that video. I watched that season like three or four times before he like officially took over as our head coach. And you're right, Ron's a motivator. Ron's a motivator, but I think he's also a teacher. I think part of this team's problem and the part that I struggle with is each year we come into the season with a rookie player and every year that rookie has this gigantic learning curve. And I'm trying to figure out why either he and Jack are doing this with Jamin Davis. Why are we doing this with Emmanuel Forbes? Why are we struggling to get Colin Martin on the field? Like why aren't we simplifying this and then adding everything in as we go along, let's get them to the master the little things. Let's be the master of something than the master of nothing. It's easy to be a jack of all trades and a master of none, but you rather be the jack of some trades. I mean, the master of some trades and the jack of none, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I'd rather you have some things like we got to crawl before we walk is the better way I say it. And then I felt like this week, this team decided that they didn't want to be a slap. They wanted to be a fist. Cause it's more damage done with a fist than it is with a slap, so let's get those five fingers united instead of operating separately. I give you that, and no, you don't have to worry about me pulling a hamstring, getting ready for run because I know how to warm up properly. And I, know right. how to, I know how to right. start walking and then progress to a jog, then progress to a run, then progress to a sprint. Forty-two. That's that fine. Achilles ain't the same. That That's Achilles. Fine. You got to stretch. Speaking of which, forty-two. Night? Go 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 go, get mom.
1: go don't, get mom. Don't have
0: him go get your, your highlight tape. We ain't got time for go highlight tape. We, I want to say it was. It was Monday. It was my birthday, actually.
1: Happy birthday.
0: Thank you, sir. It was a week from yesterday. The man and the wife. I had get, left work. I think I did a a four-hour job, and I came in, and she said, hey, you want to go walking? I said, sure. So we're walking around the parking lot, big parking lot. We're walking around, and I was like, see, you got to get your back pedal on. And I showed her, and I told her straight up. I was like, when you get your back pedal on, I said, my hips will tell a story. If my hips are out, as a receiver, you know you can turn me around and get past If my hips are in, you know you can turn me around. He don't believe me. Tell him. The back pedal, was it was dead. At 42, the back pedal was dead. Okay, Shakira. It, it, it was there. It was see the back pedal was <laughs> there. All right, Shakira, your, your hips don't lie. I, I got no, you. no no no. But I had to explain to her like I explained to everybody else. I used to have trouble with that, that back pedal and turning around and straightening up. But the great Daryl Green gave me a pep talk at the in the arena at ESPN Zone down at uh 11th and E in DC. When he was down there with his dad back in 2000, he was like, no, you got to work on that. You can't do what I do is what he told me. He said, you can't ride side saddle like me. I've been doing it for 20 years. You can't do that. You got to learn how to get yourself together and get your feet together. He showed me a few things to do. I've been straight ever since. See, I can still do it. Not at the same level, but I can still do it. Okay. So, uh, Do we have the list for the night? We have the list for tonight, because I'm I'm asking because I forgot it's Tuesday, and you Dude, know have the list for tonight. I mean, but you I know, am a responsible podcast journalist. I'll have my list. My list is ready. Cue the music. That's not the music. Well, I don't have the music. I, I definitely don't that have Oh, that was the wrong one all together. Oh, Lord. Oh, there we go. You just made the list. There we go. Let's go, ladies and gentlemen. This week, the college quarterback top five. Uh, There's some things changed around. I had to remove some furniture because I had to get back to my true self. I had to get back to what's real because I seen some things on Sunday and Saturday, and I was like, am I being true to who the Midnight Rider is? the man that they call BC, the man that they call Ben we talks hockey, hockey, am I being true to him? And I said no. I I looked at him and said, you know what? Do your job. So I'm going to do my job this week. At number five on the list, you know him from all season long. It's the kid from Texas, Quinn Ewers. He's back on the list. Quinn Ewers, you just... Made the list. Yes, sir. At number four, it's the problem child. It's the guy that don't know how to slide. He doesn't know what's best for his health. But somehow, he puts up big numbers every week. Jaden Daniels, sir, you just made the list. At number three, out of Colorado. I don't understand what the defense did to him last week. They let him down big time. 29-0 at halftime. How do you lose this ball game, Prime? But I guess when your DB falls and gives up 97 yards, when your other corner gives up a catch behind his head, that's how it falls. But Shador Sanders, at number three, you have made the list, my friend. At number two, it was a struggle. But we came back to reality. We watched the tape. I looked back. I saw what Notre Dame did to Caleb Williams. I see a problem. I see a hole in in his thing. I see a problem in what is the mystique of Caleb Williams. So at number two, Caleb Williams, sir, you have made the list. And at number one, the man giving off the big Penix energy, the man they call from University of Washington, (laughs) the big man. It's Yes, indeed, it's Michael Penix Jr. He's also left-handed, folks, but Michael Penix Jr., you have. I made the list, sir. And just to recap the list, because we always do the list from one to five, at number one, Michael Penix Jr. from the University of Washington. At number two, Caleb Williams from USC. At number three, Shador Sanders, University of Colorado. Number four, Jaden Daniels, US, I mean, I'm sorry, LSU. And at number five, my guy, Quinn Ewers from the University of Texas. And ladies and gentlemen, this is another rousing edition of "You Just Made the
1: List." That may have been the best one yet.
0: <laughs> I agree. Schwarber I agree. Just hit a homer. Say that oh, again. I'm missing Schwarber know.
1: just homered for Philly.
0: Jeez, yo, the par- parlay that I I have a parlay in, but there are two pieces that I didn't take. I didn't take Trey Turner getting a hit. And I resisted the Kyle Schwarber getting a hit or a home run. Because I went with Harper and I went with Cassianos. Because Cassianos is on some crazy pace where he he's is. Like five home runs in like the last three ball games, And Harper's like three of his last three or something crazy like that. So with those numbers, I can't, can't go against the fellas. Right. You still well, you still got plenty of time. Oh. Plenty,
1: plenty of time.
0: And then I also have a um, – I got a hockey, hockey goal parlay in. Um, I went with a couple guys from Tampa. Let's not talk about that because I'm going to sound like a degenerate.
1: All right.
0: Um, KG, let's wrap this up. What you got? Final thoughts? Uh, I, I wanted to say this. Two things. Um, Oh, oh, oh. Hold on. I got a question because Um, I've been thinking about it all day. I know I put another question talking about elite quarterbacks versus elite defenses. I don't want to talk about that since you guys are fellow commander fans. Um, Cause the other reason I didn't want to get into that. Cause I didn't want KG to break down the 1966 Kansas city linebacker core. Um, but the state of course, um, Sam howe through week six, your thoughts at the beginning of the season compared to your thoughts right now, is he a capable quarterback? Is he missing something? How do you categorize this kid six weeks into the season? Anybody can go first. Don't jump over one time.
1: Rose, I give it to you, Rose. Okay. Um, he's performed better than I thought he would. Um, I think we had talked before the season started that we thought, you know, we know he's gonna have turnovers. Um, he's held on to the ball more than I thought. Um, but I think he's trying to make a play. I think he's going through his progressions. Um, He's better than expected for, for me. I figured this was going to be a really tough year because he's essentially a rookie quarterback, but I I think he's, he's taken to um, Eric B enemy's offense. Um, And I think Eric likes him. I I think personally, Eric, Eric likes him and and sees talent in him and can run his offense through, through how, um, if if he can stay healthy, we I hate to say it may actually have a quarterback because in two thousand twelve I thought we had a quarterback and I, I was I was all in on two thousand twelve, um, but I think this is a little bit different. Um, it, it's better than I expected. Better than I expected.
0: Uh, and it wouldn't be the sixty six Chiefs I would talk about. It'd be the sixty nine Chiefs with Minnesota's own Bobby Bell. Uh. Willie, Lin- I'm sorry, um, Buck Buchanan, uh, Buck Buchanan was on there, uh, Willie Lanier out of Morgan State, and okay. Jim Lynch out of Notre Dame.
1: Johnny Robinson was safety, yeah. KG. Yeah, <laughs> go- oh, Ross,
0: Ross. yeah KG, yeah, you ain't gonna Ross, yeah, yeah, Ross. This is why I say certain things, and Ross <laughs> comes right through, and it's like, yeah, I'm ready, yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. see. Good. It's the snap. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> but to answer your question, yes, I see a different Sam Howell. I see a different Sam Howell every game. You see that he yep. learned. And I don't know if he's doing it, but it looks like he's staying in that film room, too.
1: Yeah.
0: It's look like, it looks like he's watching film, but he's he doesn't hear the footsteps. And that's a good thing, but it's also a bad thing. Because – when you hit the footsteps, you know, you duck in and you know every time, but he doesn't he stands in the pocket and takes it right on the chin every time. Yeah. But he is a different quarterback, he's a different breed, and I'm loving the 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 the, the evolvement of Sam Howell. So yes, yeah. different quarterback, yes.
1: I think Emmett Thomas was on that team too
0: for Kansas yes. City. Yep.
1: Yeah.
0: Tom Flores as well, he's a backup quarterback.
1: He was. Go ahead. Let me know when you guys are finished. I mean,
0: <laughs> Otis Taylor, biggest, strongest, fastest yeah. receiver in the AFL.
1: Was was Elmo right on the other side? Was he? Was he there then? Mm.
0: Yeah, I just know our listeners are loving this 1969. That, <laughs> know, that was. I had to look that one up. That was uh, Gloucester uh, Richardson. That's what that was. Okay. We're getting too far in the bag, fellas. All right. Come back out of the wormhole.
1: Ed Podolak. <laughs> right? Um,
0: so, I've, I've always been. Y'all know me. I'm an arm talent guy. Sam's arm talent has always impressed me back from Carolina, which is why I didn't understand why he fell in that draft that year Um that he came out. Um We talked about him looking at, you know, the rush. Um, Not having his top three guys when he was a senior, um, losing all that talent and coming back. And and I laugh because I remember everybody talked before his first road game against Denver. And they talked about him having to play a road game for the first time in the pros. And I still remember because it was vivid because I watched opening day North Carolina versus Virginia Tech. And I watched that stadium rock at, at Lane Stadium. And I watched Sam and them be on the field as Virginia Tech took the field. And I knew when I looked in his eyes, he was ready to go. But I looked in everybody else in that team eyes, I was like, ooh, you you out here by yourself, dog. And it, it showed the rest of that night. Um, but and overall, I think the kid has the arm talent. I think he has the ability to be special. My only problem for him is will he be – will his body last through all this beating up, pounding the sacks that he's taking to, to actually come to fruition as a quality quarterback and be a guy that can last as QB for the, QB1 for QB for this team for years to come. But I always felt like this was our year of discovery for Sam Howell. And so far, I think we've found something that we can work with and move on with um, The next couple of years. For the first time in, I don't know how long. Well, I, I'm not even going to say that because we thought we had a quarterback in RG3. We thought we had a quarterback in Kirk, but since Kirk is left out of town. Whoa, whoa, whoa. that's not, that's not, that's not buried the lead. Quarterback position has been in flux, but it's, it's like, it's not anymore. It seems like we got, we got a quarterback y'all. He is our sunshine. He yep. had to p- replace Rev. He is our sunshine, and that makes sense because he can't pitch it three yards, but he can throw the country mile. Yep, I got yeah. it. Uh, Anything else you got? Because I had baseball. something. I remember what it was. Texas Rangers. I don't know. I've I've never seen the run that the Rangers are on. They're they're trying to do a Moses Malone version of like four four the baseball version of four four four. Yep. They haven't lost yet, and I don't know if they're going to lose to Houston. Um, I think they won the first two already. There's two. There's two more in Houston. That if they take those, oh my God, they're going to be on a historical run. Their only problem might be that they're going to finish this up too soon and not give the Phillies and the Diamondbacks enough time to catch up with them. Because I think the Diamondbacks are going to fight, and I think they might not. They may not win tonight, but I can see the Diamondbacks winning Game Three in Arizona. To make yep. it, try to make it a series.
1: Yep. Greatest Moses Malone line ever was when I go to the rack, I'll be Greyhound. Moses Malone. Who was it that said when they saw their itinerary when they? um, Marvin Barnes thought he was in a time machine. So Here he we go. <laughs> Marvin Barnes.
0: Now, since Rawls is on hand, I, 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 I'll leave it with this. Can you imagine how much more dominant lefties run at Maryland would have been if Moses would have went to college
1: park? Oh my goodness. Yeah. He he would have won a national championship.
0: Maybe. Mm. Mm. I, biggest what if he, yeah. you know, lefty one. always had all his all Americans on the wall and it was always an open space. And I always said that open space should have been Moses.
1: Yep. Well, that, I think, I think someone posted, it, it might've been Ben posted it. Um, the duo that never was Reggie Lewis and Len oh, Bias. That, that, was, that was me. Yeah, because yeah. I don't post no Boston
0: stuff. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I, I, look, I'm I'm not a Boston fan, but I'm a Len Bias fan. Um, I understand. I, I will always be a Len Bias fan. But just I, I thought about that for a minute. I'm thinking and, and reading Larry Bird's comments and what he said. I was just like, wow, you you, you just never know how much it would have changed the course the, the course of everything.
0: And oh, I always yeah. OKG all the time. Lakers in six, Lakers wouldn't no, because the Lakers, Lakers in you know, six. Why are you wasting my time? Lakers, in I'm, 6 I'm not wasting your time because, in, in hey, and okay, if, it's, if it's, we all be high, like 87, is, 87 <laughs> Bias would have gave you 20 points. That's all they needed was another 20 point score on that team at 87. Y'all would have lost in 87. Okay, and sure, they get, they get Lewis. You're Lakers, not beating them with, with all three, you're not get, beating them. Lakers in six, then we would have adjusted. You're acting like the Lakers would have stood Pat. We would have adjusted because we have the greatest mind in basketball. We had Pat Riley. We're not going to sit there and let you have Lynn Bias and Reggie Lewis and we stay in Pat. No, 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 no. What kind, of pity? what kind of thing you think this is? We're not sticking with the rotation. Okay. I want to make a move. Outside of that sphere. That's not was... outside that sphere. Listen. We Pat Riley. Listen. Yeah. Lakers in six. You're wasting my time. Outside Lakers six. You would have never had the bad boy Pistons. They would have never rose. I, I can't say that. I can't say that. I can't say that because the Pistons, they were a good enough team. Now, maybe they don't get two. You know what I'm saying? Maybe they don't make it one of those years. But you got you got like, come on, man. We got to be respectful of the past. We talk about, oh, hear me out. We talk about the young bucks respecting the pack. We gotta respect because because the, the Pistons. If you let's think about what Isaiah said, he went through Larry Magic and Michael. Nobody else did that. No. But here's the thing, he went through Larry, who they wanted to detach his Achilles to take the bone spurs out. His feet were bad. So was Michael's. Okay, you got the young nucleus and. Bias and Lewis. You got Baltimore and, and Landover together cohesively. I, I gotta do this. Because we got now because that's we, 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 no. You know, what you're doing right now is giving away content, May, June content. You ain't gonna want to talk about it because you're gonna be too salty. Because I'm right. No. Dude, we're doing this. Is This is not. Uh, in the midst of all the sports going on, show. This is a show you do in in June fifteenth, right after the NBA finals, and, or July seventeenth. You're not doing. We don't do this show right now. I'm about to put. You know what? I do you one better. I'm gonna put it in my calendar. Right. And I'm going. We're going to talk about this come June. Let's have I a to show to called the With This." Because there's there's just bring your what to the table. Oh, Write it down, because we got 42-year-old. You got a 42-year-old brain. I got a 48-year-old brain. I don't know how old Ross is. 58. Um, I'm 58. It, it, not, we, we ain't got brains that's going to remember all this.
1: Oh, so yeah. We that's, need to have, like, a top five,
0: five what-if show. Okay. OK. But we got to get a panel. It can't just be the three of us. Right. right okay. Like, as many people we can get right. on the um StreamYard, because we're going to need the time. Yeah. And we do, we do it that way. Okay. okay. Um, basketball-wise, because this was my other one before y'all went off on this crazy-ass Lenby's tangent and, and and Reggie Lewis tangent. Um, basketball's coming up. If you guys got a player or a team that you're looking forward to seeing this year, um, it could be anybody. I don't care. It could be a favorite, anything. Just real quick. Because we got basketball coming up real soon. If y'all want, I can start, unless you want to go. I'm looking forward to this Wizards team. Outside of my Bulls, I'm looking forward to this Wizards team as a whole. Because, like I said, I want to see if Bradley Beal was the proverbial stone around the neck holding the team hostage, or, you know, was he holding the team together? Now, if they go out and they win 55 games this year, You you you've seen their roster, right? Yeah. Dude, if they win 55 ball games, they should put West Unsell Juniors name like he should be in the ring of fame. Just off that team winning 55 ball games. I'm just hoping he makes it the year. It it shouldn't be 55 losses. That's what you should be worried about. I just I I always hold the wizards high. Even though that's not my team, I want to see them do well. But I'm like, you have all this talent. You got a lot of young talent. You got Poole. You got uh, uh 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 Kuzma, Kuzma, Koulibaly. You know, yeah. You know, you got Avia coming back. So you got guys. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, I think you got guys. I think that's the problem. But I like your thought process because I think it's going to be exciting for Washington and guys. We got to probably that might be one of the things that we do as a group. Because the tickets gonna be cheap. You know what I'm saying? You can get you a nice ticket um to see these guys play um as we get into December and January. Um you can go down and watch them for about 20 bucks a person and, and, and sit in good seats, not yeah. sit in those weeds. Right. Yeah, I think you know what we talk about a lot of things to do. I think that's one of the things we need to get done. Yeah. Ross basketball team player.
1: Well, the Wizards, but also the Knicks. You and I have talked about this. My cousin was a Nets fan growing up when we were little kids. I've always followed the Knicks. Oh, always followed the Knicks. Um, and I, I just would like to see them do something. I mean, I haven't even really gone – I haven't gotten into basketball mode. I haven't gone through and checked their roster, seen any of their off-season moves or anything like that. I don't think they really did that much. Um, I would just like to see – same with the Commanders. Just consistency. Um And and quit it being a drama show, like when, you know, ex-players getting taken out of the arena and just stupid stuff. I I just – New York is a fantastic basketball city. Um, And when back in the days with Patrick Ewing um, and Mace and those guys, it it was fantastic. But it's it's now – it's almost a laughing stock. So – uh, I'd like to see them come back to 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 be a little bit more relevant and and, and play play a lot better.
0: I would say the Lakers, but I'm not going to do that to you guys. Um, I want to see Chet. I want to see the kid at OKC. I want to see what OKC can be with the developed Shea Gillis Alexander. You get, I think it's Chet Holmgren's the kid's name. Um, You get him on the floor with a regular basis. I just want to see what they can be because they could be they could be as high as like Sacramento last year where they ended up being a three seed just because it all comes together. They could be as low as a 9-10 playing in a play-in game. But I think this team has so much potential because they've been put together the right way. And this is one of the reasons why when I look at this team, I have hope. In the words of uh, Jesse Jackson, I'm up with hope, down with dope. You knew I was going there, KG. I know. I saw it on your face. But I had hope that because I watched this get put together. And I feel like they can do this here in Washington. And Washington is the second team that I want to see. Because I want to see Koulibaly. I think the kid's going to be a dynamic player. And because he doesn't have the responsibility to score and he can just be a defender, I think he'll have a better rookie season than we expect. Because he'll get the only problem I worry about for him is being when you're playing with Poole and Kuzma. I think you might get shots out of necessity instead of opportunity. And what that means is when that shot clock is down to four or five and they can't get their move off, they kick the ball to you. And now you got to take a shot out of distress. So that's the shot out of necessity yeah. instead of out of opportunity. And I'm, I'm good.
1: Also interested in the Spurs. I want to, I want to see what, what they do with the number one pick. I want to see how he plays. Cause he, apparently he's, he's, I saw a couple of highlights. He's been playing pretty well. So um interested to see um how it turns out back back to the days of Duncan and Robinson when 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 they had those guys.
0: Ross, we're not allowed to use curse words on the show. I'm sorry. <laughs> the and first, first- one is Celtics, the second one is first. I'm glad you said that, Rose, because if this kid plays very, very well. I guess I gotta have me deep fried crow because I said he's gonna be a bust because he was getting dogged overseas. I mean they were killing him under the basket, but he's playing grown man ball now. So the wrong highlights, but I'm gonna tell you this much: Portland's gonna be exciting. Um, With with Scoot, the kid from Kentucky that didn't play, but I think it's the 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 sharp sharp is his last name, not his first name. Um, Anthony Simmons. I think Portland's gonna be a very interesting ball club. Because with Andre DeAndre Ayton in the middle, um, yo, maybe tomorrow we do a basketball preview. I don't know what schedules are, or maybe we do it Friday, like we do a. Cause we gotta do something. Yeah, we do. So so um, maybe we do it Friday. Okay. That way we get some time to do some research or whatever. Um, but yeah, I need. I think we need to do a some kind of just even if it's thirty minutes. We talk a little hoops for a little bit. Um, I make sure I throw that in my calendar. But yeah, but I, I, I'm really I really want to see what Portland's going to be because I think Portland can make some noise. They won't win a whole bunch of ball games, but they are gonna know, let you know they're in the building.
1: I also want to see how how Dame's going to mesh with Giannis. Oh, in that's Milwaukee. I want I want to see I want to see how that. I'm a I'm big Damian Lillard fan. Um, mm. I, I would stay up and, and watch him when I had to get up four o'clock in the morning. And there's nobody else I would stay up and watch them West Coast games for. So all right, fellas. So
0: let's figure out a date to come back and do this again. And we'll put it on the page. And then, of course, we got Thursday show. So, so yeah, I mean, if we don't do Thursday, we still got Friday. I mean, if we do Friday, we can do hoops the whole time, right? That's what I'm talking about. Okay, yeah. so we can do that because I matter of fact, I got new sports illustrated today. It's got the oops preview, so yeah. All right. All right. So uh for Rose, the midnight ride, I'm the big guy KG. We don't do no old guys. Thank you, Rose. Friday night at eight. It will be so great. Great the great. great. We are out of here. Peace.